Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On today's episode of the What's Eating You podcast, directed and presented by Stephanie Giorgio, I'm a psychologist for those who don't know me, and I'm here to break down the two types of anxiety. Yes, you heard correctly. There are two types of anxiety which happen in your brain. And what a lot of people don't realize is the type of anxiety you have will determine the type of strategy you need. A lot of people come to me and say, I tried this and it doesn't work and nothing makes my anxiety go away. So I'm here to give you the facts, the strategies and the tips and tricks you need to approach your anxiety differently. The first thing I want to say is that anxiety is a normal, healthy, expected emotion that is actually needed in your survival and your day-to-day functioning. So rather than trying to change or get rid of your anxiety or stop it, what we want to do is change our relationship with it. Because if you no longer fear it, if you no longer stress about it, if you no longer think it's this big, horrible, scary thing, you can actually manage it so much more effectively. Don't get me wrong. I know anxiety is uncomfortable and it is unpleasant, but there's many things in our life that are uncomfortable and pleasant which we can handle effectively. For example, stepping into a cold pool. Yes, those first steps you take are freezing and you're tempted to jump out of the pool, but you know, if I just stand on this step for a little while, if I just breathe, if I wave to my friends in the pool, that soon I'm going to adjust to this discomfort and I'll be able to move into the next step. And then as you move to the next step, your knees get cold and you're like, this is, oh my gosh, I thought the feet were worse. This feels even colder. And then you just go, go, go. And before you know it, you're up to your neck and you're having fun in the pool. But if you didn't sit with that discomfort of stepping in the pool, if you didn't think just one more step, just one more step, I can do this. There's my friends. There's my family you would not have gotten in the pool. The same is with anxiety. If we can think of it as a pool that we're going to go swim in and have fun in, or if you're not a pool person, think of it as a game of tennis or a game of chess or that you're watching a movie, whatever it must be, Think of anxiety as that little discomfort to get to your greater goal. And when you change your relationship with anxiety, everything will change. You see, anxiety and excitement come from the same part of your brain. The only difference is how we perceive the feelings. When you're excited, your heart beats, you get an elevated sense of energy, you get shaky, you get that adrenaline when you're going on a roller coaster. 
and you're going on a roller coaster and you may be nervous, but you're excited. The same is with anxiety. If you can turn that around and say, you know what, this is good for me. Like this is just showing me that my brain cares and I'm about to endure something challenging, or maybe there's no danger or my brain just doesn't know what's going on. That's okay. But if you can change your relationship with it, everything will change. You see, people are trying to change the anxiety, but what you need to do is change the relationship and how you relate to the anxiety. So first of all, the two types of anxiety are feeling anxiety or physical anxiety. And this is the anxiety you feel in your body. It actually happens in a little region in your brain called the amygdala. This is named after the Greek word almond because it is an almond shaped region. It's very small. Think of the feeling anxiety as your alarm system. You feel it when you feel it in your gut, when you think there's something wrong, when you get shaky, when you get sweaty, when you feel your heart rate palpitating, when you feel adrenaline cursing through your body, this is feeling anxiety because it's physical. So remember, anxiety one is physical, it's feeling, you feel it. Now, the second type of anxiety happens in the frontal part of your brain or the frontal lobe. And I call this thinking anxiety because it is often triggered and maintained by what you think about. It sounds like this, what if that job interview goes really bad? What if I don't get a parking? I feel like something bad's going to happen. I should be going to the gym. I shouldn't be doing this. What if he doesn't text me back? Am I being ignored? It's all those thoughts, those what if thoughts, those should thoughts. And we go into all these unhelpful thinking patterns in the Mindset Reset 30-Day Challenge, but thinking anxiety is determined by what you think about. Now you're probably thinking, but I have both, Steph. I have feeling and I have thought anxiety. And yes, Both of them can co-occur and they can also trigger each other. So for example, you might get that feeling in your gut. You might get the heart palpitations and start to panic and think, oh God, what is happening to me? Am I going to have a heart attack? Am I going to have a panic attack? What do I do? Should I not go? Maybe this is the sign that can trigger thought anxiety and thought anxiety, such as this is going to be really bad. He's ignoring me, can trigger feeling anxiety. So know that they both work together. Now, knowing the purpose of anxiety can help you understand it better. The reason we get anxious is for our own protection. You see, back in the caveman days, when cavemen had to chase lions, they had their fight or flight system that told them when to run away from a lion and when to fight. It's called your fight flight response. And you've also probably heard of the freeze response, which is just sort of surrendering to what is going on around you. But I'm just going to stick to fight and flight for today. The issue is over the course of many, many, many years, our brains have not changed too much, but society has changed. Now your brain doesn't know the difference between what is a real stressor. For example, when a lion is actually in front of you and what is a perceived stressor, such as even imagining a lion in front of you or getting an email from your boss. You see, our brain has learned to interpret everything as stressful. Being in traffic is stressful. Getting an email from your boss is stressful. Not being on time is stressful. Losing your hard drive is stressful. Everything is anxiety provoking because there is so much stimuli in our environment that sets us off and triggers us. And this is further perpetuated by experiences we have gone through as young children. 
Many people are becoming so much more aware of trauma and triggers and anxiety-provoking situations that we're more able to recognize them. And because we recognize them more, we feel them more. Whereas in the past, we kind of just probably went through it and dealt with it and didn't really notice it much. But people are super smart. They're super aware, but that can also come at a cost. So the first thing to know is anxiety is your friend. And when you can stop demonizing it and start to say, yes, it's uncomfortable and it sucks, but it's necessary and it's my friend, we can start to handle it differently. So the first thing I want you to do is focus on your physical anxiety, the one you feel in your body, the one you feel in your soul, because you cannot outthink this type of anxiety. You see, Think about the last time you were heightened. When's the last time you felt anxious or overwhelmed or freaked out? If someone told you to calm down in that moment, what would you feel like doing? Yeah, I know, right? You'd feel like telling them where to go because when you're heightened, when you're activated, when you're physically overwhelmed and anxious, you cannot think clearly. You cannot use a thinking strategy telling yourself, just calm down, don't worry about it, can further activate your anxiety. When you're in a physical state of anxiety and stress, you have to use a physical strategy such as breathing or movement. I have a technique called BIRD, which I talk about in my Mindset Reset Challenge, but using a physical strategy is paramount. This is what a lot of people don't understand. Now, a physical strategy, unfortunately, many people use smoking or eating because it does work in the short term. It does physically regulate your nervous system. However, it is not the most adaptive coping technique. So what we want to learn are adaptive coping strategies. So remember the first type of anxiety is feeling anxiety. It is in your brain. You have to manage your physiological arousal before you engage in thought-based anxiety strategies. Now, thinking-based anxiety is triggered by your thoughts and it happens in your frontal lobe. Now, your frontal lobe is where your logical reasoning happens, your decision-making, your judgment, all the good stuff. But when you're in physical anxiety, your frontal lobe shuts off you're unable to access it. So when you're in a heightened state, you can't think clearly, you can't use judgment. And this is why we all make decisions or we may even shut down in a meeting and think, why did I go blank? What happened to me? So in order to access your frontal lobe, in order to access your logical thinking brain, you have to calm your nervous system with a physical strategy first. I go into more detail on these strategies, but for now, what I want you to do as part of your homework of this podcast is start to recognize when you have feeling anxiety in your body and when you have thought anxiety in your mind. Take a step back and observe it. Welcome it. Change your relationship to anxiety. Rather than seeing it as this horrible thing happening to you, I want you to see it as this thing happening for you, this experience happening for you. It's happening to protect you. It's happening to guide you. And whilst you may not need protection or guidance, recognize that, oh, there's my brain trying to protect me. Yes, this feels uncomfortable, but I know, brain, you have my best interests. Thanks for the reminder that I need to engage in a physical strategy. Change your relationship with anxiety and your anxiety will change. Remember, it's a healthy emotion and we all need it. Rather than trying to stop it, prevent it, 
We want to manage it effectively. If you want to know more about this, head on over to my Mindset Reset 30-Day Challenge, where I actually teach you how to retrain your brain, and we go through these physical strategies together. Can't wait to see you in the next episode. Have an amazing day, and remember, take pride in how far you've come today and have faith in how far you can go. Bye. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course. And I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.